Hi listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. Okay, Jose, so this week I'm going to be telling you a unsolved mystery. So during this whole COVID-19 and social distancing pandemic, there's a story out there that has millions of people talking. And I have gotten a lot of requests from listeners and friends to cover this story. So are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. This is the story of the disappearance or murder, depending what side you fall on, of Don Lewis. Don Lewis's full name was Jack Donald Lewis, and he was born on April 30th, 1938, in Dade City, Florida. Don was in the used car business and was also in the real estate business. And throughout those two businesses, Don became a self-made millionaire by 1981. Don was married to a woman named Gladys Lewis Cross. The two had three had three daughters and adopted one son. One night, Don and Gladys get into a fight that caused Don to leave the house. Don starts driving around when he spots a beautiful Carol Baskin. Carol was 19 years old at the time, and when Don saw Carol walking along the road, Carol was crying and barefoot. Now, in the documentary Tiger King, Carol describes the encounter as creepy at first. She said that Don had driven by and tried to pick her up two times before she finally agreed to get into the car with Don. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you about what got Carol walking alone at night, crying and barefoot. Okay. A couple of things. Mm-hmm. I think they're both creepy. Mm-hmm. One, why is Carol walking around barefoot crying in the middle of the night? Well, to me, that sounds kind of creepy. Yeah, you're going to tell me right now. Okay. And then two, Donna's kind of a perv, cruising around trying to pull over and, and get her in her car. Three, why would she agree to go in? <laughs> We're going to cover all that in just a second. <laughs> Carol was born on June 6, 1961, in Bexar County, Texas. Now, Carol didn't have an easy life, and by the time she met Don at 19 years old, Carol had already gone through a lot. Since a very young age, Carol loved animals, and growing up, she wanted to go to veterinarian school. However, later in life, Carol would change her mind after learning that as a veterinarian, she would have to euthanize animals. What did she think? She was going to pet them and feed them? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you ever want to be a veterinarian? Mm Mm-mm. No. I was always too scared that I was going to get bit by a dog or a snake. Oh, a snake or a dog. Well, I don't know. As a veterinarian, shouldn't you take care of all animals, like real human doctors? You know, how it's like, oh, it doesn't matter if they committed a crime. I still have to try and save their life. Shouldn't it be the same thing? Like, this poor snake is dying. I need to save the snake and give it CPR. And I'm like, mm. I'm not cut out Let for it. that. No. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time Carol was 14 years old, Carol had been gang raped by three men that were also her neighbors. It was said in the documentary that Carol grew up as a conservative Christian, and when her family learned about Carol being raped, 
they offered no emotional support. Carol would eventually drop out of school and run away from home with a guy. After she ran away from home, I read that she was pretty much a transient, hitchhiking between Florida and Bangor, Maine, sleeping under parked cars, which I think that's kind of weird, but that's what she did. Yeah, that's not something I would think of. Maybe right? it's like, different because it's cold? Well, up in Maine is that I least. guess, but like, I'm going to sleep under a parked car. What if like somebody gets in, turns it on? <laughs> I don't know. Like, isn't that weird? It's like very weird. Plus, I'd be like, I don't think I'd fit under a parked car. Well, you're you're not Carol. That's true. <laughs> I'm not a 14-year-old girl, huh? So, Carol would later return to Florida and get a job at a department store where she met Michael Murdoch. Michael was Carol's boss, and pretty soon after meeting, they would spark a relationship, and soon after that, Carol would move in with Michael. Then on April 7th, 1979, Michael and Carol got married, and by the following year, Carol would have a daughter with Michael. So Carol described Michael as abusive and controlling. In the docuseries Tiger King, Carol states that she never loved Michael and that she married him because her parents were disappointed that she was living with a man that she wasn't married to. Which to that... I'm just going to say, oh, what Carol was worried about, like, that's what she was worried about. What do you mean? So Carol claims that she married Michael because she didn't want to disappoint her parents, right? Right. But didn't she think that her parents were disappointed when she dropped out of high school? Or even how about when she ran away with her boyfriend from a roller skating ring that she worked at? Like, she didn't think that those things were disappointing, so no, sound like a good time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying it sounds to me like she's trying to blame her parents for marrying a man that maybe she shouldn't have. I don't know that like responsibility, Carol, take ownership. Anyways, by the time Carol is 19 years old, she's still married to Michael. When one night she and Michael are arguing when Carol all of a sudden throws a potato at Michael, which then causes Michael to try and attack her. A potato. A potato. <laughs> Who throws a potato? <laughs> I don't know. I knew she was making french fries. <laughs> and that's when Carol runs out of the house barefoot. Now, that brings us to the same night that Don and his wife Gladys get into a fight that causes Don to leave the house and drive around to what I'm assuming try and cool down. When all of a sudden, Don sees a young blonde girl walking barefoot and crying. Okay. Now, Don tries to talk to Carol and pick her up, but Carol wasn't having it. So Carol states it wasn't until the second time that Don pulled up next to her in his car that she claims that's when Don looked at the gun that he had on the passenger seat and tells Carol that he just wants to talk and that she can even hold his gun up to him so that she can see that he wasn't going to hurt her. So to try and make her feel a little more comfortable, which again, Carol is so smart. Yes, creepy man that's much older than me and driving around with a gun. Let me just get in your car. Like, are you stupid? What do you mean? What's the issue? (laughs) 
How much older is he than than her? He's 42 and she's 19. Wow, she's really, really smart. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get in a car. With and a man what's going to talk me know. into getting the car, who's is being very persistent, mm-hmm. and is that, yeah, you can hold my gun mm-hmm. while I drive around because I just want to talk. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's so great. I need to talk to you. Can yes. I convince you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen. I'm telling you. Let me try this one more time. Mm-hmm. So you can hold my gun just so you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. This gun that I have right here on my lap, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably on, on my on my leg. Mm-hmm. You can reach for it. Mm-hmm. You can hold it, point at me, because mm-hmm. all I want to do is talk. Nothing. I realize it's like midnight. Nope. You're running around nope. barefoot, nope. crying for no reason. No, I, I threw a potato, and then he tried to attack me. That's why I want to talk to you. So <laughs> no. <I'm> fascinating. <laughs> no, no, no. To our listeners out there, please don't, don't, don't be Carol, please. A creepy old man pulls up to you with a gun. You guys run. Okay, do not get in the car. Let's just throw that out there. Okay? Do not want to be in the car. No. For all you know, he doesn't have the inside locks or doors are taken out. Remember Mm. Remember that episode? Mm -hmm. See? No, thank you. Mm -mm. Just say no. But after this encounter, Carol and Don start to have an affair while they're both married. And by 1984, Carol becomes one of many girlfriends to Don. And while she's one of Don's many girlfriends, Carol also helps Don grow his businesses by helping Don buy and sell real estate. Then by 1991, Don and Gladys get a divorce and Carol also divorces Michael. And within the same year of both of them divorcing their spouses, Don and Carol get married. And just like Carol, Don was also passionate about animals. And in 1992, the two co-founded a big cat animal sanctuary in Tampa named Wildlife on Easy Street, which is now known as Big Cat Rescue. So it's now 1992, and it seems to me like Carol has now come a long way from being raped to being homeless to having a baby with an abusive and controlling husband. So you would think that life was probably now perfect, right? See what I did there? Perfect. See what I did there? So after, you know, now she's married to this man that has money and is buying her all these big cats that she probably never thought she would have. It sounds like it sounds like and honestly, I think it seemed from the outside that this was probably a picture perfect relationship, right? Sounds like it. Right. Except that things are never what they seem and no one ever knows what goes on behind closed doors. Right. Well, Carol stated that Don had a sex addiction and that Don would take monthly trips to Costa Rica to fulfill his addiction. So, again, you would think that everything was fine and perfect. You know, you throw a potato at your now ex-husband. You find the man of your dreams, apparently, with a gun. And buying snuck up on you in a creepy car. Mm-hmm, twice. In the middle of night twice. Mm-hmm. And then, With a gun in mm-hmm, his lap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was reported that in early 1997, Don was unhappy and wanted a divorce. 
and Dunn began transferring ownership of his properties in Florida to a Costa Rica company that he controlled. Then by June of 1997, Don tries to file a temporary domestic violence injunction to have Carol removed from his home, claiming that this was the second time that Carol had threatened to kill him and that she was in possession of two of his guns. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That changed quickly. Right. She's not so sweet. And during my research, I read that Don had also claimed in the injunction that Carol told Don that he needed to be out of the house by June 12th. But I wasn't able to confirm if that was true or not. So I just want to throw it out there, but I'm not saying it actually happened. Okay. So what does that mean that she was either get out of the house or you're dead? I, yeah, I I guess. I guess what I heard too, watching the documentary was that it was kind of hearsay though. So even then it was kind of just thrown out. Yeah. There's nothing they could really do about it. Right. But I also heard that his daughters had claimed that. There was, he was not a typical a type of person that would ever go to the cops or anything. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it was they considered him going to the cops to get this, mm-hmm. this kind of restraining order or whatever, mm-hmm. was very serious. It must have gotten very serious for it to Oh, like to for him to... Actually go to the cops for yeah. this. Yeah. So. Yeah. So unfortunately, a judge rejects the injunction and nothing gets done. But according to Carol... She never threatened his life. Carol states that Don's mental health was actually deteriorating, according to her, and that Don had started rummaging in dumpsters and started hoarding vehicles and other junk. So Carol also claimed that Don was losing his short-term memory and that he was even starting to become disoriented. And she suspected that Don was starting to develop Alzheimer's. But again, those close to Don have denied this claim. They're saying that he was still very sharp-minded and that there was nothing wrong with his memory. You know, I remember seeing his attorney, Joseph Fritz, said Mm -hmm. the same exact thing. And obviously they're close doing business and doing all that. He's adamantly said, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact. Right. So during my research, I also read that, you know, to... I don't know if it's so much to, like, prove her claim that he was losing it. You know how I told you that she supposedly said that Don started rummaging through dumpsters? She said that, like, weeks prior to, like, leading up to his disappearance, that he had supposedly called her because I guess he became disoriented and he was, like, crying and couldn't get out of a dumpster. But again, I... I, That's so weird. Right, and I couldn't... In comparison to his close friends and business associates, nothing like that would ever happen. Yeah, no, she said that she had to go and rescue him and pull him out of the dumpster. But again, this is all hearsay. I don't, you know, I couldn't confirm in my research if that was actually true or not. And again, I don't even know if anybody will ever know if that part is true because, you know, it's obviously Carol's word against Don and Don is not around. So Interesting. Yeah. On August 18th, 1997, Don woke up early to deliver real estate signs to his lawyer's office around 6 a.m. Except that no one ever saw him drop off the signs. The signs were left at the door and no one has ever seen Don Lewis again. 
The next day, Don's 1989 Dodge van was found abandoned at the Pilot Country Airport. This is a private airport near the State Road 52, US 41, in Pasco County, Florida, which is 40 miles away from Don and Carol's home, okay? So the keys to the van were found on the floorboard of the car and no sign of Don. It was known that Don owned several planes and he knew how to fly, but his flying license had been suspended. And it was suspended on the day that he went missing due to some aviation accidents that he had had prior. So Carol makes a point in the Donkey Series Tiger King to say that even though his license was suspended, he would still often fly. Okay. Hmm, that's really, odd. I mean, there's a lot of odd things about that. One, mm -hmm. why would the van be left abandoned with the keys inside? And the floorboard. Yeah, that makes no sense. Mm hmm At first, for some reason, like, even when I saw, like, the docuseries, when they said that, that they found his van with the keys on the floorboard, I immediately went to, oh, then it sounds to me like, like somebody dragged him out of the car. And, you know, during, like, while dragging him out of the car, maybe the keys were dropped or he dropped them or, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's exactly what... My mind, yeah, that was the first thing, yeah. So, after his disappearance, Don's four children from his first marriage fought with Carol over control of his business and property. They believe foul play was involved in his disappearance and have openly accused Carol of murdering him. And Carol refuses to take a polygraph, saying her attorney has advised her against it. And all the other members of the family volunteered to take polygraphs, except for her. Okay? Which it kind of makes sense, right? You mean, one, you can't really use that in court, and it's probably not going to go well for you. I mean, yes, I agree. My stance has always been like, hey, if I'm ever arrested, knock on wood, I wouldn't take a polygraph because knowing me, I'd probably fail, not because I did something bad, but just my nerves. You know, I don't... I don't know that I personally believe in polygraphs, but at the same time, me saying like, oh, never take a polygraph. It's like, well, if you have nothing to hide. Yeah, that's true. And it, it's just, it, you know, even in, a, in like the docuseries, like it's just so weird to see like when she talks about Dawn and then like her little creepy laugh. I don't know. There was just, a lot of weird things about her. Yeah, a lot of like <laughs> weird moments. I was like, okay, I don't know. It's just... It's interesting, you know, her, and again, for everybody, for everybody to take polygraphs except for her. And, you know, in the docuseries, how she said, like, oh, you know, that I would have never done anything to him or whatever. OK, then to get the family to, in a sense, shut up. Then to, take it. Yeah, to help prove. Right. That, take it. Hey, I didn't do it. Let yeah. Like, here you go. And then it, you'd be like, see, I told you I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. But and it's I mean, true. Now we're talking about years later that she's still dealing yeah. with that. Yeah. So I feel like by her not taking it, it's like adding fuel to the fire, you know? Right. So authorities got reports that Don was in Costa Rica where he owned 200 acre of land and several apartment buildings. Now, remember how I told you that in 1997, Don had begun transferring ownership of his properties in Florida to a Costa Rica company that he controlled? Right. Well, 
Because of that, police went to Costa Rica and investigated for five days and spoke to most of Don's acquaintances there, but found no evidence that he traveled there after his disappearance. So... That's interesting. You know, one thing I found about, I guess to add some more about the airport and mm-hmm. his planes, none of his planes that he had at that point in time were were big enough oh, to right. hold the fuel capacity to even get down from Florida down to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I know that's it, another it interesting be thing, right? Even close. We're yeah. talking about several stops to refuel, which is just unlikely. Mm-hmm. And I also heard um, that when he would take his monthly trips to Costa Rica, he wouldn't take his plane. Yeah, he would fly commercial, commercial, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't add up. It almost seems very planted, the van going there to this airport because he had a a pilot's license. Okay, Mm -hmm. how convenient. And then Mm -hmm. he disappears. And he has been saying that he's going to Costa Rica. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So during Don's investigation, Don's children from his first marriage to Gladys, they go public with their suspicions that Carol had something to do with the disappearance of their father. So Don's children believe that Carol actually fed Don to her tigers. To the tigers? Mm-hmm. Wow. So you want to hear a clip of Carol's response to these allegations? I'd love to. The last thing he said to me was that he needed me to have Kenny get a truck ready because he was going early 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 he said the next day to costa rica and that was the last i saw of him so i just don't know we had a meat grinder if you've ever seen a butcher boy meat grinder it's about that big around that became like this wholly exciting thing that i ran him through that grinder and it's like i couldn't run his hand through the grinder much less on his body it was in the ground it was operational judy had moved into the property before don ever disappeared so how how would I have been put even in the septic tank? There's no way that I could finally take tea. I couldn't do it. I can't do it. There's nothing that I really want to say to any of these people. I know that the only reason that they are saying the things that they're saying is because they see me as a threat to their livelihood and to their ego. And with that being their driving motivation, there's nothing I'm going to say or do that's going to change that. Now, tell me that she doesn't sound guilty. Like, her laugh, how she's like, oh, it's ridiculous. And an, an arm wouldn't fit through the, what's it called? The, the meat grinder. Yeah, the meat grinder. and She just has no remorse whatsoever. And it's kind of like she's trying to blow it off. Yeah, like, you see it with her laughs, right? Yeah. Like, every single time she laughs, like, oh, ha, ha. Like, no, nothing to see here. I, I don't know. You That's, think he'd, she'd be hurt that potentially her husband is missing or potentially murdered i don't mm-hmm. know yeah that might still be going on even years later well yeah yeah you know one interesting thing that happened was soon after he went missing carol had actually gone to um don's office mm-hmm. so they actually broke in broke through the lock and went in and got his will mm-hmm. and power of attorney mm-hmm. so this is all something that happened very soon after his disappearance the power of attorney was actually under his assistant's name. So she's the one that had the control. Well, soon after, that was changed. What it said on the document was that it was actually prepared by Don himself. 
So as it reads, it says, I, Jack, Don, and Lewis appoint as my attorney, in fact, to manage my affairs, Carol Lewis, my wife. And a very odd part of this is what's stated next on the document. This durable family power of attorney shall not be affected by my disability or disappearance. Hmm. So is that what you normally write? Disappearance? Or would you say maybe death? Isn't it funny? Because right now when you said um, disability, like, then maybe was she, you know, I, I know I, I, I can't think of one right now, but there's several cases where like people can i don't know if it's feed or inject something into you where you then you're pretty much a vegetable you've heard of mm-hmm. that yeah so or like i wonder if that's him. why like i wonder if that's why it was like well i don't know if i'm gonna kill him or just make him a vegetable to where it's like then i now i have control over everything you know right even though all that is very interesting i actually during my research I did read that even though that was said in the docuseries, there's actually no proof that that actually happened. Oh, did Carol burn it? Or... No. I'm just yeah, kidding. I think I'm burning that footage. Yeah, I no, know. No, no, there's no. a lot of stuff that's out there. It's kind of hearsay, not really sure, you know? Um, I, I, from what I, again, from what I read, it sounded like that, that part just wasn't true. You know, and... The, I almost believe that, yeah, that probably wasn't true. It was but probably thing, an exaggeration. But the document it, said disappearance. So whether or not they broke in and prepared the document afterwards. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. true. That could, But it says disappearance on there, which is really weird. That I is would, odd. I guess if I'm going to put that in there, I'm not putting disappearance. Because mm-hmm. then that, that gives more opportunity for me to be, you know, inside of bricks on my feet and be found in the bottom of the ocean no thank you you'll never be found because you don't carry your id with you <laughs> so another thing um that happened right after once he went missing they actually took don's van and brought it back to the property where the sanctuary is where carol is mm-hmm. thought that was a little weird mm-hmm. they, they truly didn't investigate the van until a couple days after that mm-hmm they did search a property, which is a large 40-acre property, mm-hmm. by foot and by vehicle. Mm-hmm. And they also did aerial shots, and they couldn't really find anything. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, again, it goes to say, well, if she really did feed him to the tigers, what evidence are they going to find through, an, like, an aerial search? Because the aerial search is pretty much you're looking for body heat, you know? You're looking for... So, I mean, if he was buried in the property, then... Yeah, they would have been able to find that. But if she really did feed him to the tigers, yeah, then, you know, anything. that obviously that's not going to be found right. in aerial search. So going back to the investigation, I know the lead investigator said that they truly did not have any hard evidence to lead them to any specific suspect. Mm-hmm. Now, Carol is obviously going to be one of the prime suspects. She's a spouse. And her story of that day or that that night when he went missing, she had apparently gone to Albertsons to pick up some milk byproduct for one of the cats mm-hmm. at 3 a.m. in the morning. I find that kind of weird. Hey, you never know. Maybe they do wake up early and that's when they get started to do their thing with animals. But on the way to get the milk byproduct at Albertsons, mm-hmm. her car started to have trouble and she broke down. Mm-hmm. And at that time, 
she actually ran into her brother, who was a sheriff's deputy. And uh, the brother had asked his fellow deputy to give her a ride back home. How come the brother didn't? No idea. No idea. It's kind of odd. Maybe it's kind of, it almost sounds like a really good alibi. You know, it's so, it's so funny because it's true. I remember, I even found it odd, like in, in the docuseries, how they threw that in there. Well, Carol did. How she's like, oh yeah, um, you know, my brother grew up to be a sheriff and she even laughs. Like to me, that was like a nervous laugh. And how she's like, which is kind of odd because he was shy or, you know, like, yeah, it just, I don't know, like the whole, like I said, her whole vibe, her whole, it thing, seems it's just so weird. And I don't know, right? At the end of the day, did she do it? Who knows? But. Take a every, polygraph, Carol. <laughs> every time that she would explain anything about Dawn, it would always be deflecting to something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was very, I don't know, I don't know if it was manipulative but I would say it, it makes it seem like it's kind of brushing things off. Yeah. But not in a very obvious way, I guess. So anyways, it seemed like that was her alibi. Now, again, how deep that was investigated, it's not out there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to tell you. This thing never went to... It's not like she ever went to court, so there's no court yeah, documents no, no. about this. No, because there's no body. There's right. no body and there's no... They don't have... Um, any suspects or anybody that they can, they feel like they have enough to arrest. You're right. But I thought that was interesting. A couple of things that seemed odd, fishy, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't have any, a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. Right. In 2002, Don was declared dead after five years of his vanishment. And in 2002, Carol also happens to meet Howard Baskin. She met hard at a kickoff party from the newly formed No More Homeless Pets organization. And he joined Big Cat Rescue soon after as the chairman of the advisory board. And then he proposed to Carol on November of 2003. And then they would get married on November of 2004. So within a year. The circumstances of Don's case are still unclear, and as of April 1st, 2020, Sheriff Chad Cronister from Hillsborough County in Florida said that they still have Don's disappearance labeled as a missing person case, and that they don't have any type of evidence, not one piece that suggests that he was killed. So I think that's interesting. Like, they don't have anything. Like, they don't think that he was killed. However, Sheriff Cronister has met with homicide supervisors. And his department is combing through new tips due to this docuseries, Tiger King, that has brought more media attention to Don's case, which, you know, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for that, you know, cold cases or any missing persons that's why every week we do an open case from crime stoppers you know because a lot of times these stories just kind of they don't get that attention and all it needs is a little bit of that fuel to get it back up and there's always somebody that knows something and they just don't know it right so especially nowadays right yeah this this happened quite a while ago and 
social media, right. you know, that type of stuff wasn't, there wasn't really a platform yeah. for it to be a nationwide known thing. Yeah. So I, I mean, I hope that, you know, something good will come out of this docuseries and hopefully, you know, Don's kids and his ex-wife will get closure. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at podcasttruecrimeweekly. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcast. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.